Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Jamie. And welcome to God or Not, the podcast where truth springs from argument among friends. This is episode number one. And coming up, Jamie and I will be talking about the beginning of the universe. <laughs> also in this episode, <laughs> Oh, the Humanity. So grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to the center ring. This is the God or Not podcast. We're in for a great night of civil discourse here as these two warriors are wrapped up and ready to go. First, in the red corner, hailing from the great state of Ohio, he's a conservative, a Christian apologist, and a pastor, the Minister of Pain, Jamie Goodlet! And in the blue corner from Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes, He's a progressive, an atheist, and a math teacher. He's a weapon of math instruction. Scott Dickey! And now, let's get ready to dialogue! All right, here we are. Episode one of the podcast. One. Finally... Yeah, so uh, so we've been work we've been getting ready for this for a while, kind of doing things, redoing things, re redoing things, and so on. Um, so what Jamie and I are basically are going to be doing is we're kind of different people. You know, we're we're alike in many ways, but we're different in some mm-hmm. key ways, and those are the those are the things that we that we personally find interesting. Uh, and, uh, I don't know, we hope you do too. So, so basically what we're going to be doing is we're going to be tackling various topics, um, uh, a lot of them revolving around religion. That's kind of, you know, the idea, the core of the show, but we also have some political differences too. And, right. and, um, and some other things too, that we'll kind of throw so in there. So basically the, the two things that you're not supposed to talk about right. politics and religion, right. that's all we're going to talk about. That's <laughs> not, it. Not, not all, but I mean, yeah, the, the lion's share of what we're going to talk about is stuff that ticks people off. Right. Uh, so yeah, so we're going to be, you know, approaching things from uh, each of our different uh, unique perspectives. And so that's going to be kind of right. the main gist of the, of the show. And so uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, and for this particular first uh, episode here, we uh, this actually was um, a topic that we were talking about when we first met online because we we've, we've never Jamie's in Ohio, I'm in Minnesota, so uh, so our paths have never physically crossed, um, but we met online and we we were you know talking about religion and stuff and we said hey. This is, uh, you know, this is kind of interesting for us at least. So maybe it'll be interesting for someone else. Yeah. And uh, God or not was born. Uh, but th- so this first topic then was the first thing that we talked about. It's about uh, the beginning of the universe and about whether or not it is evidence for some sort of a God. And I- I'm sure that by the end of this discussion, we'll have everything ironed out and we'll have it all figured out and, and uh, settled. Nobel and- Prize. Here we come. All right. We're ready. So here we go with... The beginning of the universe. This is the main event. Okay, so for our discussion here, we, uh, Jamie and I, will be talking about the beginning of the universe. And more specifically, uh, can we 
come up to come to any conclusions about uh, a God. I mean, basically, you know, we're going to be discussing whether or not it shows that that there must be a God or, or, or so forth. And so I thought before we kind of dive into that, um, we should talk about, you know, what what exact what do we mean when we say a valid argument? What do we mean when we say a sound argument and so on? And so so basically, we're going to when we're when we're talking about an argument here, we're not necessarily talking about like fisticuffs here. We're not talking about, uh, you know, this uh, um, like a bat, like a fight right. kind of thing, although kind of <laughs> sometimes it seems that way. Yes. <laughs> Um, but we're we're we're, ta- we're specifically using the uh, the term argument as some kind of logical uh, series of statements and conclusions that uh, that follow the dictates of logic. And so the idea is that we want to be able to um, come to a conclusion. We want it. We want to have the things that we say have bearing on the truth or falsity on some kind of statement at the end. Right. So kind of like, you know, what you, what you might see, uh, like a lawyer do in a, in a courtroom and stuff like that. Um, and so, um, so we're going to use, a the, the one we're looking at today is a fairly basic kind of argument. And basically it starts with some initial claims, which are called the premises. And the premises are just, uh, uh assumptions, uh, that, uh, would lead us to, so we're saying, okay, suppose these are true. And sometimes we can show that they're true. And so we're saying, if these things are true, then, um, you know, then our conclusion will follow or won't follow and that kind of thing. So we start with our initial claims, our premises, uh, and then we, we, we set this up in a particular way so that it logically connects it to a conclusion. As an example, um, uh, a, a standard example of, of a, a logical argument would be uh, men are mortal. Socrates was a, was a man. Therefore, Socrates was mortal. Okay. And so, so our two premises were men are mortal. And the second premise was Socrates was a man. And so, um, normally we would, we would either agree that they're true or they would be contested. And, you know, maybe we would have to prove that those are true. Like, how do you know all men are Mm -hmm. mortal? You know, maybe just all the men so far have been mortal and that kind of thing. Um, or how do we know Socrates was a man? Maybe Socrates was Plato's dog, and he just you know you know ascribed all his some of his. <laughs> that was pretty Thanks, good. Buddy. That yeah. was really good. I was I thought, does he have a yeah, dog? And so uh, and that was good timing on that dog too. That's right. Um, so <laughs> so so if we can, so the idea is that if we can show that the premises are true, then um, if we if we set up our logic correctly, then the conclusion must be true. And mm-hmm. that's what it means for uh, an, an argument to be valid. It's if the premises are true, then the conclusion uh, must follow. It must also be true. And so for the example that I gave, if, the, if, if, me, if all men are mortal and if Socrates was a man, then it does follow that Socrates must be mortal or must have, have been mortal, depending on you know, how, we're, how we're talking about that. So that's what it means to be a valid argument. And so in addition to that, if you have a valid argument, um, then uh, if you can also show that the premises are true, then it is a sound argument, logically sound. Mm-hmm. And so if the premises are true and there's a valid argument there, then um, then we know that the conclusion is true. So, our, so the goal here, the the gold standard, is to have a sound argument that will support your conclusion. And so we can we can look at it in a couple of ways. We can first we can look at and see is the argument valid? 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And then uh, often a separate issue then is, are the, are the premises true? For example, I could modify that and I could say, all men are birds. Socrates was a man. Therefore, Socrates was a bird. And that is a valid argument. Mm -hmm. If the premises are true, then the conclusion must also be true. But I think I'd have a, a little more difficulty selling that first premise. Right. And, and so, so that would be a valid argument, but not a sound argument. And so that's kind of what we're doing here. We're, we're going to be looking at uh, uh, a type of argument called a, a cosmological argument. And in general, cosmological arguments uh, for God uh, have to do with using things about the using information about the universe or, or more specifically the how the universe began. And then we want to know if we can come to a conclusion, is that evidence for God? And we're going right. to be at, actually looking at a specific type of cosmological argument. There are a handful of different cosmological arguments, but this one is called the Kalam cosmological argument. And um, basically the way this you, one is set up. Would you like it, me to do this? Since I mean, uh, that first half was really nice. It made, you, <laughs> it made you sound super smart. For a minute there, I thought I was listening to your podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the or not podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Why, right, why don't you jump in here? So, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Kalam cosmological right, argument? So, basically, uh, the Kalam uh, cosmological argument has been around for a while, but it's it's more recently kind of picked up some steam by some Christian apologists who think that it's it's good evidence um, for a like a creator of the universe. And um, basically, the argument. Is, is trying to establish or just make it more probable than not that there was a supernatural cause to the universe over say a natural one. So, uh, but, but then you could go further and infer uh, what kind of properties um, that this, this, this supernatural agent would have based upon some other things. Uh, but just for our, our, our sake, we're going to do the Kalam, which states premise one, that whatever begins to exist has a cause Premise two, the universe began to exist, and then the conclusion is, therefore, the universe had a cause. And so if premise one and premise two are correct uh, and true, then that would make the conclusion then follow from the premises that the universe had a cause. And then that itself doesn't obviously prove God. That's what I was talking about. Then we'd have to then infer or go beyond that and say, okay, well, if the universe did have a cause, um, what kind of cause uh, would be able to um, to create this universe or, or, or what kind of cause would right. the universe have? Right. And so that's basically- So this kind of gets the ball about. rolling. That's right. Yeah. So, so it's kind of a first step. And, and uh, you'll notice the similarities between the argument Jamie just described and the, the example that I gave earlier. It starts out with a, if this, then this other thing. And then the second one is, well, the first thing is true. And so the, the conclusion then is, well, the other thing must also be true, right? So we talked that. So your premise one was, could be kind of restated. If something begins, then it has a cause. And then the second premise is, well, the universe began. And so then our conclusion is the universe had a cause. So that's, so that's, it's the same kind of structure as, as the example we gave before. So, so we agree right off the bat which kind of makes me nervous that we're agreeing so soon in this, uh, <laughs> that, that it's a valid argument. Okay. And so then uh, the, the truth of the conclusion then hinges on whether, actually not the truth of the conclusion, but whether or not we can justify believing that it's true, right? Because something can be true even though there's no argument to support it. Right. 
Um, but in this case, so we have this argument. So if we can show that the premises are true, then it would follow that the conclusion is true. So let's look right. at the, the first premise. And um, just to make one quick clarification here, when we're talking about um, when we're going to be, when we're talking about the universe here, uh, at least for now, and, and we're, we'll, we'll address the rest of this later, but for now, we're going to be talking about our known universe. Okay. Our universe with our space and time, our galaxies, um, and so on. And so, uh, we're going to be looking at that. And then later on, um, and cause I know Jamie, I know you're, you're chomping at the bit here. You want to get at this. We want to see if we can expand some of our some of our conclusions to outside of our universe, but we'll, we'll kind of, yeah, we'll because deal with we that just in a don't, bit. We yeah. Because we just don't know whether or not, at least for the sake of discussion, whether or not our little universe is all there is, right? right. Because there's, there's been talk that there's this multiverse out there. There are other universes. Mm -hmm. We're just a bubble universe and things like that. And so Scott and I will first talk a little bit about uh, what we know about, the universe that we are living in, right. regardless of whether or not this is the only universe, it may be, but we don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that um, right. further in our conversation. And plus, we also don't want to be talking past each other, right? We don't want to be, I have I talk about one thing and Jamie talks about something else. Right. So that's so that. So anyway, so so for the time being, we're talking about and just our just our known universe. And so um uh, so the premise one then s says, whatever begins to exist has a cost. That, that's related to causation. And so um, the first question I would ask you is, you know, what is the nature of causation? So what would you say? And I'm asking you, Jamie, what would you say? Yeah. You know, what, what, what do we need? What, what has to happen uh, in order for, you know, what does it mean for something to cause something else? Well, I think um, that causation is... Um, something that is intuitive for for us. Um, it's something that um, that we see all the time. So when something happens to something else, there is an agent. And and when I say agent, I just mean something that is capable of causing something else or capable of um, enacting upon something else. So when I hit uh, the cue ball into one of the other billiard balls, I, I, I was the agent that, that caused uh, one to strike the other. And so when we're talking about causation, you need to have at least uh, two things, and that is an agent or, or something that does the causing. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a physical person or, you know, it could, it could be anything, but the, that agent is that thing that then, enacts upon something else. So the first thing is you need to have an agent. And the second thing is you need to have something for the agent to, to act on or to cause on or, or to uh -huh. do. So that would be kind of the, the general idea of causation. Okay. So just to clarify thing, one thing here is we're not, or maybe I can ask you this. I mean, we're, we're not using the word aid because very often the word agent, especially like in a philosophical uh, discussion and, uh, we, we would use the word agent to represent like some kind of being or mind no, or, or yeah, personality, no, I, but that's not yeah, what you no. mean here. No, I just mean anything. Just like yeah, a thing. I just use just like some, yeah, something I, that's causing right, something else. Something, right. And I just use agent because it's, it's just an easy word to represent that thing okay. that enacts upon something else. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it, like mm -hmm. 
you know, we, we've had this discussion before about how, you know, sometimes people use words differently. And, and you know, my, yeah. my perspective is, okay, it doesn't really matter to me what words we use as long as we're consistent, as long as we understand each other right. and we're on the same page. So, uh, so you're saying that we, so we need something that has to do the causing and then something mm-hmm. and then, and then some kind of effect. So that so, is caused, right? Yeah. Right. So, so, uh, are you saying that, uh, time is an important factor there or, is that not? Yeah, I, I, well, when we're talking, well, it kind of depends, but I would say that you would need time uh, in causation. Without time, the question then would be, if you didn't have time, when would something be caused? Okay. Right? So if, if there was no time, that then your question would be, well, when was it caused if there wasn't time? And you would you would need space. And what I mean by space is just space not like outer space but just space the idea that uh if you're going to cause something without space where would something be caused Mm -hmm. if there if there was nowhere for something to um to be caused then then where would it be caused and then um obviously you would need what we call the efficient cause or the agent the primary source um that is doing the changing Mm mm-hmm so th- those, I think, those are the, the the two things that you would need. So uh, time and space, and and the of course the third thing, if you include the agent or that thing that's doing the causing. Okay, so so, um, you didn't specifically say this, but I think you kind of implied it with you. You know, you talked about something then causing. So what we're saying is that are you, are you suggesting that the cause? would have to, I mean, it would have to be moving forward in time, right? So the effect will come after the cause because we can't like cause something yesterday. Right. There's, you can, there is no such thing as like reverse causation or, or, you know, you, it always has to be, well, and there are in some philosophical sense, the, the idea that there's simultaneous causation. Okay. That that my, my standing in front of the mirror Mm-hmm. is is casting a reflection at the exact moment that I'm doing the standing or the we I think we had given an example one other time of the bowling ball resting on a pillow mm-hmm. that the indentation of of the pillow is 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 happening at the same moment so but nothing could happen before okay that 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 or or, or you know before the cause so yeah there is no such thing as this backwards causation. There has to be something either at the exact moment of or after in order for anything to be caused. Well, I, I would almost think that the actual moment of causation would ha- would kind of always have to be simultaneous, right? It's not like I'm going to punch you and then five minutes later you fall over, right? <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I suppose... So yeah, in, in some, if, in some respects, the, the, act, the instant right. of, of, of causation kind of has to be simultaneous anyway so, right if yeah if but but, yeah, but, you but, but we're saying it definitely can't be backwards though right the mouse doesn't jump on the trap and and and, and then two minutes later after it's eaten the cheese then it snaps You're right right. It, right the mouse hits that thing and immediately causes a chain reaction of events that 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 ends the poor mouse's pitiful little life <laughs> I do have one one question for you, and I think this one this is going to be a pivotal question. This is going to be very important, um, mm-hmm. and so please pay, pay close attention here. And um, is it pillow or pillow? 
Is this a regional? <laughs> is this a regional thing? Oh, is this an Ohio man. thing? Because you know, no. I'm, I'm from Minnesota, and we get we get shit all the time about making yeah. fun of how we say things. Right. And, and so, is that an Ohio uh, thing? Do you say pillow there, or well, or are you my, doing my that wife, just to rub me the wrong way? It's like no, oh. my my wife busts my chops all the time about this. I think I might be the only person. Like it's not an Ohio thing, but but, but my wife always says. Um, it's it's not pillow it's pillow <laughs> and and i i she jokes with me she goes what what is that thing like the vitamins the thing you 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 like maybe take in the morning with your orange juice and your water mm-hmm. and i say a pill and she's like no it's a pill it's a pill pillow okay. and uh so it's just it's, you then. i say I, I say pillow. I'm the weirdo. Okay. Uh, All right. As long as we got that pillow. established, I think, uh, right. you know, I, we don't even need to continue. I, I think we can, well, let's, we, we started already. We might as well finish it. All here. right. That's uh, so let me ask you this then. Um, uh, so quantum mechanics uh, shows us that there are such thing as virtual particles and, and those are, are described as being uncaused. So that would be something that would seem to violate this premise. So what, what is your, your reaction to that? Um, well, there there is this quantum world, and while th- there's a lot that isn't um, that isn't known about the quantum world, um, the this I guess that this is irrelevant because um, when we're talking about the the quantum space, it's it's not as if um, these things are coming into existence uncaused from nothing um, because that would be absurd, at least in my mind, that this is like a quantum decay event. So the particles um, are, are coming out of something mm-hmm. uh, inevitably like a vacuum, what they call that, va- which a vacuum in, in science and philosophy, at least in philosophy is not, nothing you know so when we think of like the void or the vacuum of space a lot of times people think that that's nothing but in reality it is something it's the vacuum of of space so these particles are there it's just that we we aren't able to uh pinpoint exact locations and so at least from what i've seen that these these particles they're they're not coming into existence uncaused it's just that, that they are uh, we're unable to track these things and um, as far as their location goes. And so, and they're not coming from nothing, but mm-hmm. from like this big vacuum of, you know, a lot of times you hear uh, cosmologists and, and, and physicists talking about like this quantum um, quantum vacuum, this sea of, of quantum particles kind of popping mm-hmm. in and out of, of reality. Uh, when in when in fact it's like I said it's not coming necessarily from nothing that these these particles are coming out of a vacuum, and they're not coming uncaused. They're just uh, we're unable to to track them and know exact their exact location at any point in time. Right, but but so so we we see that they that these things. I mean, you know, they've done experiments to verify this kind of thing, and and but it's it's not, and I'll, I'll agree that it's not happening. In nothing, it's you know, it's not happening in a total absence of of anything. Um, but they do describe them as not having a cause. In other words, we can't, de- like you said, we can't determine, uh, you know, when or where these are going to happen. So it's it's so even though it's it, it they happen to come in this 
environment of this, you know, this, uh, you know, quantum super or quantum field or however you would describe it. Um, there's still, it's still not being caused by anything. It's just that it's happening there. And so, um, and so in, in that respect. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know this or that I would agree with that. I, I, I still think that, um, because we're, we're uncertain of exact locations of things, I don't necessarily think it's they come into existence uncaused. Well, the idea of the so, causation there um, is that if I mean, if if some, if we know something is caused by something else, you know, we should be able to determine. Like like if if you know that switching on the light switch turns the light on, you know we can make that connection between the cause and the effect, and we and we can produce that cause and effect, and we can observe that cause and effect, and we can. Um, in many ways measure that cause and effect. And so I think the thing here though, is that they, they can't make that connection between what exactly, I mean, we know that where it's happening, but we just don't know what is actually causing the, this particle, um, these, you know, these particles to appear. And so, and so I'm not, I'm not saying that it, they're popping out of nothing. What I'm saying is that it seems to, if, if we're limiting this premise one to merely just talking about, the actual causation, at least on the quant quantum, we don't see anything like this on a larger scale. Um, we're, you know, we're quite familiar with how matter behaves kind of on a macro scale. Um, but it's on this quantum scale that we're, you know, they're, that they're, that they describe these things as being uncaused. And so, uh, and again, I'm not saying it's, it's coming from nothing. I'm not saying that you know, we only see it happening like in like in these certain mm -hmm. circumstances. Um, but again, the, my point here is that at the very least, it it, sh it sheds uh, doubt on this first premise. Uh, I'm not saying we de we've definitively proved that this premise is wrong, but I'm saying that at least sheds some doubt on on the idea that everything that comes into existence must be caused. Yeah, I, I, I think that just because we're uncertain of a cause, I don't think that we could then jump to the thing to say then it, it's uncaused. I, I think that, that we would just have to say, if, if we grant that these, these particles that, that you know, we're unable to maybe see exactly what's causing them to appear or causing us to be able then to locate these particles at certain points, I, I'm not sure that we could make the jump that, they're uncaused, um, but rather we maybe at, I think at best we could say we're just not sure what caused them. I, I mean, I think at, at every other well, they've talked they've level, talked about we, hidden variables as well, though, and they and they've demonstrated that uh, that that there can't be hidden variable. And I can't remember, you know, I I can't remember exactly the proof. I was kind of skeptical of this at first, and then I read a little bit more about it, and and they do talk about you know the idea that well maybe there's a cause we just don't know about, but. But I, the, their argument roughly was that, well, if that were the case, then we'd be able to, we should be able to look backwards. We should be able to look what they, what, when they happen and then be able to deduce what that, uh, what that uh, hidden variable is afterwards. And, and they've shown that that's not been the case. And so, and, you know, in that respect, um, you know, that, that's why they're saying, well, we can, we can show, we can demonstrate that, um, that there's no hidden causes and so that these would be uncaused, but right. I, and I, I, you know, I, and I'm not going to belabor the point. I would just probably bring up two, 
quick things. First is that this is this is um, a model of of the quantum realm, mm-hmm. which is only one of maybe a dozen um, that are are equally as viable. And so this is, I think, the more speculative of of these, or not maybe not even speculative, but but it, it they, they basically said that hey, any of these ten or twelve approaches are all equal in terms of. Of, of what we think is going on. Well, the, 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 then, this, this conclusion was, was not based off of an interpretation of the data. It was based off of just the data gathering. And so well, I think that we would ask the question then, well, why is it that, that, that only these subatomic particles are, are coming or coming, you know, uncaused uh, in existence, yeah. uh, uncaused. I think, why, why not other things? Sure. You know, like it's inexplicable. Why, 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 why just that? Or, you know, if we extrapolate, may, maybe some. I know some people have extrapolated to like the, the 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 universe. Like, well, if if that happened with the universe, well, why not? Mm-hmm. You know, some famous philosophers philosophers have said, why not root beer? You know, why, right. why not Beethoven and record players? And, yeah, I think that's. Like a, that. so I, I guess think that's. A, I think that's a legitimate point, and and um, you know, we don't want to spend too much time in this premise one. So, um, let's move on to premise two then. Sounds good. And so, um, so premise two said that the universe began to exist. And so um, I think a big part of that is based off of the Big Bang. And, and, so, and so the idea mm-hmm. was that, and in fact, that was the original uh, attraction for the, the church was one of the first uh, proponents of the Big Bang. And in fact, one of the, uh, the scientists that was involved in developing that, that uh, idea was uh, George Lemaitre, who was a a Catholic priest. And so he was one of the, you know, the original developers of this big bang theory. And, and the, and the Pope at the time just kind of said, Oh, boom, there it is. There's our, our proof of that God created the universe. Right. So the idea of the big bang is that, um, and, and they've gotten more sophisticated in, the, in their interpretations as they've gathered more evidence and so on. But the right. idea was that the, that the universe started out very small at some point and has been expanding. And I think in many ways, that's not really controversial. Um, and you right. know, that's, that's pretty well accepted in this, in the science community. Uh, there are some holdouts as there will be for any, uh, any kind right. of, um, you know, any kind of theory scientific or otherwise. And, you know, the, the big bang, the equations, you know, they're based on, uh, Einstein's general relativity and so on. Um, and the equations really can only go back so far. So those, so those first, those early, early moments, you know, we can't really, uh, you know, we can't really say. What's happening, and so it's not like um, you know. A lot of times, you you might see a, a description talking about you know that instant, that moment of mm-hmm. of uh, of creation, but um, you know the it equation, been, the, the, the science itself only kind of brings us back so far. Right. So what would it, you? It has it has been uh, it has been labeled on on a lot of cosmological models as that 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 instant where you know where we've extrapolated back as far as science can take us mm-hmm. and then they've put a little pin there with a little uh index card that says here be dragons uh because there is uh, 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 a lot of mystery surrounding mm-hmm. those very early moments of the universe and so their 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 question is you know has is 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 this that moment of creation? If we can't extrapolate all the way back, then how how do we know? Right. Or is this just a part of a process um, that the universe has been going through throughout all 
all time or, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's a lot of questions as to that, that very, very beginning or that very instant. So then what does that tell us about this premise too then? Well, um, I, I, well, I don't think that says, I mean, I do know that in, in general, big bang cosmology, the idea was that, this inflation of the universe or an inflationary model, the idea that the universe is inflating, that it, like uh, Scott mentioned, that it started out um, um, infinitesimally small, this idea that, and a lot of people have, have, have named it uh, what they call a singularity. It's a, a mm-hmm. point of infinite density and it's, it's everything uh, uh, space, time and matter all wrapped up into this, tiny little point of infinite density and then has expanded out or inflated out from that point to now, um, Mm -hmm. obviously what we see. And so there, there are some, there are some people who have said that this is the ultimate beginning. And there are some other people that say, well, hold the phone. Mm -hmm. Um, We can't extrapolate back that far, but I I know that we have talked in the past about this BGV theorem Mm-hmm. And this was uh, this was a theorem that was brought about by uh, three uh, cosmologists and physicists, and basically states that if uh, the theorem states that that any space time, which is what we are in, which is on average in a state of expansion, which we are, cannot be eternal in the past, but must have some kind of space time boundary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and specifically, they're talking about the expansion, and so. Um, one the the v in the bgv theorem alexander verlenkin mm-hmm. well first let me say the 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 borda which is the b in the bgv he's nowhere to be found i think he's a recluse and has gone in hiding or he doesn't want anything to do with uh extrapolating anything out of his theorem because I think there's a lot of possible the- theological implications and things like that that mm-hmm. you could take out of it. But okay. we know that that Guth and Vilenkin have both pontificated on on this. And what does this mean for for them as far as what they believe? Mm-hmm. And Alexander Vilenkin has quoted as saying, um, "It is said that an argument is what convinces reasonable men." And a proof is what it takes to convince even an unreasonable man. Mm-hmm. With the proof now in place, cosmologists can no longer hide behind the possibility of a past eternal universe. There is no escape. They have to face the problem of a cosmic beginning. Mm-hmm. And so that comes from Alexander Vilenkin. We do know that Alan uh, Guth, who's the G in the BGV, has has said some things similar to that in the past. Uh, but he has also said some other things which lead me to believe that that maybe he doesn't ultimately believe that the big bang or this 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 uh his theorem is the beginning mm-hmm. of 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 space time and so i think that um what we're looking at is i think that we see through um so through some some philosophical but also some scientific things that i don't believe that the universe could be past eternal um, okay. Like the sec- for instance, the second law of ther- thermodynamics. You know, mm-hmm. the first law of of thermodynamics basically uh, states that that matter cannot be destroyed, um, and that the second law basically or states or created. Right. The, the second law states that basically that the that that that, that what we have is is uh, what we have. Things are going to decay over time. Things are going to get more chaotic. Matter is going to go from a state of usab- usability 
uh-huh. to non-usability. It's like that Energizer bunny, that that pink bunny with the with the bass drum and it's beaten, beaten, beaten. Right. Uh, if you come into the room and you see that it's it's no longer beating, right. Then you know that it's it's wound down and all of that energy has been um, has been used up. Right. And so the idea is, if if we had been here for a for an infinite amount of time in the past, that all the the sun would 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 have used up all its energy now by now that all of these things that we would be that our universe would have been expanded out so far that that we wouldn't even be able to see anything else yeah so that's not kind necessarily of the idea not necessarily the so law. i mean we could we could be you could be uh, expanding at, at a very low rate. And, and so, um, uh, by the way, I just want to make one quick clarification here for some of the science nerds out there. Uh, inflation, the word inflation describes a, a, a short period of time uh, in the in the very young universe. There was a, a brief, and that's what they were talking about when they, when they say the Big Bang. There was a, a brief, and, and we're talking about a cosmologically brief time, you know, thousands or millions of years, um, mm-hmm. where the 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 universe was rapidly expanding. And then after that period of inflation, it's still expanding, but at a, at a much more slow pace. And so I I just wanted to clarify that, but uh, what what you were talking about with the, um, uh, the second law of uh, thermodynamics that, that talk, uh, I mean, for one thing um, that talks about in a closed system, the entropy has a tendency to increase. So it can go up and down. Um, uh, you know, a perfect example of that is uh, Earth, deve- you know, d- Earth developing and then, you know, people evolving and, and becoming humans. There, there, there seems to be some sort of uh, increase in organization happening on the Earth. And 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 um, and I might be getting off on, on a side tangent here, but it'll be a quick <laughs> one. Um, and But that that would be an example. But humans are very good. Uh, energy consumers. And so really it's, it's what's happening there is it's, it's just kind of uh, we're becoming really efficient at uh, we're, we're very efficient at um, increasing uh, entropy. And so rather, and so the entropy can go up and down. It's just that on average, the tendency is, to, is for it to increase. And so, uh, and so what they're saying is that without outside interference, um, the, the, the entropy will have a tendency to increase. And that, it'll never, it'll, yeah, it'll, in, but it'll never also be, it'll never be um, perfectly efficient. So it'll always be losing um, over, over the long haul. So over, over the long haul, right, even if right. our universe had huge, big bounces and, and, you know, if the universe is expanding and then contracting and then kind of starting all over again, if mm-hmm. nothing is being brought in from the outside, um, even with these rebangs, um, and, 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 and this, again, another inflation, you're still not going to be perfectly efficient and you're going to be well, losing I, some energy. I, I suppose we could say if each bounce was a little bit less than the previous one, you know, that would be, that would still be something, you know, each, bo- like we talked about how uh, entropy can temporarily decrease, like in the case of earth, that might be the case with our, on a universal scale as well. If our universe is bouncing, maybe each bounce, you know, like if you bounce a ball, for example, it continues bouncing, but every time it bounces, it bounces a little bit lower and then a little bit lower. And then yeah, a little I think bit that lower at so that on. point, we would just have to ask though, if it had been bouncing from infinite past, I mean, I mean, how many bounces can you really, at some point the ball's going to stop bouncing altogether. And I, I guess that, that, uh, maybe, brings us maybe. in that well eventually it will 
Well, I mean, I mean, if, it, if, it, it, if it's it can, been, no matter how high you bounce that ball, if it's been bouncing for an infinite amount of time, it's not going to be bouncing anymore. But that's getting into the real deep. But we have other, there's other things. There's other things that affect that. But okay, so I, so let's. So what does this mean about this premise then? So what's our conclusion then about the universe began to exist? And again, we're still talking about our universe. Yeah, we're still talking about still talking about our universe. So um, if I'm being fair. I think that you can you can look at the the model our current model the Big Bang, mm-hmm. and 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 you could come to to one of a couple different conclusions. I think that you, you could either have the conclusion that that uh, that Big Bang the one that that we know about is that first initial moment of at least our universe. That's I think that's that's one very real possibility, and then I think you and I have talked about. Uh, in the past that there's um, other possibilities that um, like with the bounce, like Sean Carroll talks about the cosmologist. He has uh, a different model of the universe that he believes is, is eternal in the past. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, um, you know, you can look at it one of a, a couple different ways, but I think that, at least in my opinion, with the philosophy and the science, it, it seems to point towards at least a beginning to our known space mm-hmm. and time. Yeah, I think the I think uh, Sean Carroll's um, theorem. I I can't remember exactly what it's called. I think there was the QET. I think it was the quantum e- eternal theorem or something like that. And he's he he came to the conclusion from his theorem is that not only is maybe the universe eternal in the past, but that it must be. Um, and I, I don't, I'm just, I'm just throwing out there. I don't know, really know mm-hmm. anything about the theory. And so I'm not prepared to argue. And so I'm not, I'm just, you know, you brought it up. So I thought I wanted no, to right. yeah. at least comment yeah, on nope. that, but yep. okay. So let's, um, so, so I, there I are think, other models I think, out there. I mean, there, I think there are plenty of, plenty of theories as to that, but I, right. I think the two real possibilities, one includes that, okay, this is at least the beginning mm-hmm. of space time for our universe. That's at least one of the, the real um, but real but contenders. I, th- I think that we've fallen short of Vilenkin's standard here of a proof being able to, sw- uh, you know, to change the mind of the unreasonable man. I, well, I don't I, think we've. I uh, have. I. I mean, I think it was, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a cosmologist, though, right? I mean, so uh-huh. right. But and you, you have, and I, I, again, I'm trying to be very fair. And you uh-huh. have, uh, like Alan Guth in the, from the, the G in the B, BGV, or uh-huh. you know, he. he He's been back and forth, and right. uh, and, and so it, it's it is difficult to to put your thumb on. But I, I again, if I'm arguing for, for for my side, at least what I think mm-hmm. seems reasonable to me is is that it seems that seems to be a real possibility. And okay, can can we have a like a, a Cartesian kind of certainty about anything? Probably not, especially when you're dealing with quantum um, mm-hmm. things and you're dealing with things obviously on a large scale. Um, right. These things are so difficult to really iron out. And you know what? I think that no matter how far along we get, we're probably still going to have all kinds of unanswered questions. Well, speaking of that, let's mo- let's uh, let's throw in another one here. So let's. Um, so how how do we make the judgment now? So we're, now we're not just talking about our universe here. We're we're looking at. I mean, you're suggesting uh, you're suggesting that there's one particular type of model of outside of our universe and that would be god basically and um you know i'm suggesting that maybe there's other types of 
you know, existences, like, like you've brought up a few, like maybe we're in a bubble universe where, so we're mm-hmm. like bubbling up in a pot of boiling water and, you know, maybe there's other universes out there and, and, and things like that. And so, so we're at least considering what might be out of, outside of our universe, outside of our space and our time. Um, and so how can we, so if it seems to me that if you want to, if you want to use this argument to show that there has to be a God, we got to show that there has to be, some, there can't be some, you know, we can't be occurring in some kind of natural environment outside of the universe. So how do you make that, how do you make that jump? How do you make that hyper jump, right? right. How, do you, how do you jump from outside into our universe to outside right. of our universe? So if we're talking about, if we're going from what we call the small you, what Scott and I call the small you universe, which is just what we know about right now, what we are in, it might be all there is and it might not be, but now we're going to jump from that to, well, what if there's something more than, than what we know about. So now we're jumping to what we call the big U universe or all of reality, everything that we can think of or that can exist or that we could, that, that we could ever even know about um, all of, of reality, all space, time and matter. And so, right. so uh, the, the kind of the idea with the, the cosmological argument here, the Kalam, the kind of the idea is that if, if all, space, time, and matter had some kind of beginning or ultimate beginning, then whatever caused that to be can't be space, time, and matter. Now, I know that I'm assuming that space, time, and matter had a beginning. And I, mm-hmm. I think that we can, uh, and I, in future episodes, And again, you're, we you're go talking into, about big U universe, right? right. right. And so, so we're, yeah. you're talking about all everything. space, time, and matter. Everything, yeah. yeah okay. And I know that in the in in the future, we will go into some serious rabbit trail uh, down some serious <laughs> into some serious weeds when it has to deal with some of the philosophical arguments behind like a past eternal um, universe. Uh, we definitely get into that. So, and I know I'm I'm making some assumptions here, but if the idea, this is how I make that jump, is that if all mm-hmm. if if matter, space, and time cannot be past eternal for certain uh, philosophical and or scientific reasons, and, then, and, there, and there was a beginning, then whatever caused space, time, and matter can't be made of space, time, and matter. So it has to be spaceless, timeless, and material. And then we'd also say that it has to be extraordinarily powerful in order to create everything that that, that we know exists. And we also say it has to be volitional or willful. It has to make a decision to uh, create. And so when you look at, well, what are, what are some possible players in terms of what are some possible things that could, that, that, that are outside of space, time and matter uh, that could cause space, time and matter. I think we're stuck with uh, two basic options and, and that's either uh, numbers like some kind of, um, like the number seven or um, because that would be something that we would say is outside of space, time and matter uh, in a way, or we would say uh, something like what most people consider to be God or an unembodied mind. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you look at say those two options, I, I don't think we could rule out the number seven or any kind of, uh, abstract object because they don't stand in what we call causal relation to anything. They don't, 
numbers and, and these abstract objects, they don't cause anything. They can't cause anything. They just are. And so um, I think that the, what we're left with is this unembodied mind. So what, so ultimately, again, making some, some, some pretty big assumptions, mm-hmm. ultimately now we're left with if time, space, and matter had a beginning, whatever cause has to be spaceless, timeless, immaterial, extremely powerful, and volitional. And then we would go on to say, which sounds to us a lot like what people refer to when they say God. Okay. Uh, you were on a roll there, so I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you. So that was, that was <laughs> nicely put. I liked uh, that. I mean, that summarized kind of the, the thinking uh, very well there. Um, so let's rewind a little bit. I want to, I want to pick through that a little bit, of course. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> And, and no, <laughs> yeah, go, go you, figure. You're, you're in agreement. You're in agreement. I'm not Let's just be. buying it whole cloth. Believe it or not. Oh, okay. Uh, so right. uh, you <laughs> you started out by saying if all space, time, and matter had a beginning. So mm-hmm. what? How do you even? So if that is, I mean, what if it didn't? Right. I mean, how, what? <laughs> how can you come to the conclusion that it did? Yeah. So without getting too far into the weeds, because we will in future episode. <laughs> but without getting too far. Philosophically, um, I, I think that for um, for space, time, and matter to exist from eternity past, it would have had to have um, gone through an, an infinite amount of moments before the before our present time or our present moment. Mm-hmm. And I think philosophically, there's some problems there. And then also, I'd also revert back to the, to the second law of thermodynamics. Mm-hmm. I realized that 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 we could be, this could, you know, we're considered our universe like a closed system. So nothing else could be fed into it. But I, I realized that I think that what would happen is we're just kind of kicking the can back. Okay. So if, if, if something natural caused what, what we know mm-hmm. uh, as, as nature, then, then we, we ultimately kick the can back and say, okay, well, well, where did, where did that nature come from? Uh-huh. And ultimately both, I think both the naturalist, which is what you are and the, um, theist or the Christian ultimately are looking, we are both looking for the same thing. We are on a quest for the same thing. And right. that is what is that one thing that has always existed that, that is the create creator. And I say creator very loosely. I don't mean I'm not assuming God here. I'm just saying, what is that one thing that has always existed that has created everything else? It's that oh, what we, philosophers call I was with you. that brute fact. I was, I was with you for fact. a while there, and then you went totally off yeah. the rails. I, I would definitely, oh, no. oh, I would no. definitely not say that we agree on that. I mean, we would need to on the brute fact. We would need to have a reason to think that. I mean, I would want to. I would want to have a reason to believe that there must be some, you know, that first cause or something like that, and then. I don't. I don't think that case. Well, I don't even any- mean. I don't even mean like a first cause. What I'm saying is, is if the, and again, this is philosophical for me, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's also intuitive. I think that we could understand this. If there was ever a time mm-hmm. when absolutely nothing existed, then nothing would still exist now. And what I mean, right? Is nothing, and, I mean and the philosophical and we, and definition. That's so that's there, something that there, we can't demonstrate or can't prove or can't even justify to say because we've never, you know, we've never experienced. Uh, not, we have zero experience with the idea of well, a, of a nothing. No, I, I think we have zero experience with the the physical 
idea of nothing, but I think philosophically everybody knows what nothing is. Right, but it's we but we have no we have we've nothing. never observed it. We don't know what happens if anything. I mean, well, we it, don't have we to. Don't know. We don't have to. Phys- I don't think we have to physically ob- observe it. I think that we right, could, but we need a, things we need we at least know. we need at least some sort of justification other than just what we think. Um, and and also your assumptions are that causation and time and space kind of work the same outside of our universe as they do inside the universe, which of course, right. that's also yeah. something that's, that we have no, that, that, that we is, have no way right, of knowing. That, that is an assumption. Um, I'm just extrapolating from what we know uh-huh. to, to what, to what we don't know. So that that's, it just seems to me to um, if, and that's, I think that that's how we do science is, 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 is we, there are certain laws of logic, certain laws of physics that that we even the scientists presuppose these things exist and pre and they use them in order to do science. Science can't prove them. That we just those are brute facts. Um, and so so we presuppose that that nature is regular and that there are certain these certain laws mm-hmm. that if if not interfered with, will will have a, a, a certain a certain way about them. Well, they, they so might we presuppose, they those, might presuppose them in order to develop avenues of, of inquiry to, to kind of give us a direction. And that's in which all way we're doing go. here. Right. Right. And so, that's all we're doing here. Okay. Oh, Oh, I, I, I thought we were, uh, we were trying to assess whether or not this came, gave us a conclusion. And so, um, you know, yeah. So, 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 so if we're just without certain, if we're looking you can to do that without certainty, Oh, I'm not, it's, okay. it's too hard. To, it's too hard to create because, I, again, I've said in the past, I'm not even certain that we're here talking right now. Uh-huh. For all I know, we could be in a matrix. So, and, so let's, or, so or let's lower the bar a little bit then. My brain. So, so if we're, if we're, I guess we're agreeing that this doesn't prove that a God exists. You, you can't prove, I don't think you could prove anything. I think the only thing. Oh, that, that makes the rest of my, my evening much well, easier then. <laughs> well, I, well, again, and that, that was, I think at the very beginning, I mentioned that, you know, that, that my argument is more probable than not. I, I'm not looking for Cartesian certainty. Okay. Well, then let's talk think, about, let's talk about that then. Let's I, talk about that. I think that. the so, only thing that you could be certain of is that, that, that you exist. Be, now, whether that's in the matrix or not. Who knows? Uh-huh. But I think well, you know, it's I, well, I, I, I think, think we're, I am. we can at, we can at least lower the bar to reasonable level of confidence. Right. Okay, and so even then, so how how would you how how would you say that this um, that this even reasonably suggests what you're saying? Well, again, making certain assumptions like 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 we all do. Right, but are you grounded? Are you reasonably grounded in making those assumptions? Well, I I think so for the li- the reasons I listed. Nate, and depends on what we're talking about, but but it, I mean, if, but what what's your what's your what's your what's your reasonable foundation for applying uh, our the laws of our? I mean, you've said that scientists make these assumptions. Well, they don't make the assumption. They don't they don't use rely on those assumptions to make their conclusions. They rely, they make assumptions as far as figuring out where that they can, you know, where they can explore. And then once, when they see, when they do that exploring and they, and they make those observations, that's what they found their conclusions on is, is once, but you have once, to once have, they've, uh... once they've, once they've speculated and, and up to this point, all we're talking about is speculation. And so what I, what I'm asking is how can we, how can we, we make that step from speculation to reasonable conclusions. And again, we're not necessarily talking about absolute 
you know, metaphysical cert- certitude here. We're talking about a reasonable expectation or a reasonable conclusion. And so, so that's not, that's not going to be speculation here that that's going to, we need to, we need something else that we can build on there. And so how would we make that jump to, to a reasonable expectation other than I, I can't think of anything else kind of thing. Are you talking about, um, um, uh, making a reasonable assumption that, that we could still use, like what we know as far as laws of logic and, and laws of physics and extrapolate that outside of our universe? Sure. Okay, well, I, I would say that if we don't, then then all further inquiry is, is done until, oh. until, until something new pops up. Uh, well, no, we, we, can, it, we can make those assumptions to do, in, to, to do inquiries. We can, we can make certain assumptions to, to explore, but what I'm saying what, is, yeah, that's but, what I'm but that's, saying. But that's, but okay, but that doesn't get you past speculation. Then, see that well, if you every, if you want to every, move past speculation, you have to have, you have to have a a, a reason. You have to have, you know, well, evidence. I, I, you have to have you have to have well, some again, sort of I reason so. to make that conclusion. And all I'm saying is that with when you're dealing with science, you have to presuppose certain things to even even start your inquiry right and as, so everything is based upon that foundation your your conclusions mean nothing if the laws of nature aren't uniform okay we wouldn't be able we have to presuppose that those even exist in mm-hmm. order to have a, a conclusion and so that's all I'm saying is that we presuppose. Well, we don't need to, we don't time. need to presuppose them to have a conclusion. We need we need to presuppose, like we said, we need to presuppose them in order to begin the investigation. So right. So, so that, so, that so you're saying everything. That, you can't you're come saying to that a conclusion. We're, you're saying that we're making these assumptions, and then we can use these assumptions to begin our exploration. And and I agree. We're we're at that stage where we're beginning the exploration, but you can't mm-hmm. jump you can't say, okay, well then it's reasonable to make this conclusion. Cause it's not, because we're not at that, we're not at that stage. We don't have any evidence. We don't know what it's like outside of our universe. We can guess and we can use those guesses to maybe come up with some avenues of exploring, but we're still it's still way too early in the well, process and I would to actually say, come to sure. a conclusion. Well, I would say though that um, that the hypothesis that there's a supernatural cause to the universe is 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 just as easily gotten to, or goes through just as easily as saying that there's some that there's some kind of multiverse or something like that. I mean, if we cannot speculate outside of our own universe, then that goes for everything. All methods. No, I said we can spec. We can speculate. Okay, we well that's well, okay. So what I meant was is is that is that is that n- no matter what the theory is, then then everything is on uh, equal playing field as far as those ground based assumptions, and so we would have to assume, for instance, if we're talking about some kind of multiverse, we'd have to assume certain things in order to extrapolate that. Um, and if you assume that there's some kind of supernatural, you'd have to assu- assume certain things in order to extrapolate that there's some kind of supernatural cause of the universe. So what I'm saying is that every, every, um, um, every model or every idea that has anything to do with outside our universe is kind of in the same boat mm-hmm. of, of this idea of speculation. That's part of what our podcast does mm-hmm. is, is we, we do a lot of speculation. And so I, I just think that it's, it's an, it's an, uh, uh, a jump that we could 
we can make, mm-hmm. and we can also make other jumps as well. Um, people have jumped to the multiverse, and people have jumped to, um, you know, quantum quantum fields, and th- they've made all kinds of uh, of jumps to that. So, I think the reason why I, I make the jump that certain laws of logic and certain laws of physics can be extrapolated outside our universes because we do that with any other um, theory. So why can't well, we, we use don't it do that for mine as well? We don't do that with any theory. And, and we, we, we do that in order to begin the process, not to end the process. And so, so we're not it. So you say, you know, we can't even begin to skip, speculate unless we make certain assumptions. And I'll agree with that. We need, we need certain assumptions to begin to speculate, but, mm-hmm. sp- but I, I don't think that you're going to be satisfied with the, with, with our final word here saying you're, that you're speculating that there might be a God. I, I don't think that that's your goal here. <laughs> Is that? No, I, I, I'm trying to, yeah. You're just, I think it's just they, an I idea think, you're throwing out there. Right. Okay? I'm just throwing, I'm going to throw it on the wall and see if it sticks. Right. I, I don't yeah. think that's your, I don't, you know, the idea here, we were looking to see if we could come to some kind of conclusion. And if your answer is we can't come to a conclusion, then I will happily agree with you. Well, again, it depends on what we're talking about with conclusion. When we're talking about Cartesian certainty, are we talking about... uh, Like um, we said, a reasonable conclusion. And so what you're assuming and what you're speculating is, is we could have no idea what's outside our universe... In no, that, that's a we could have, uh, that's a fact. Right now, we know nothing. Well, how about do, the how do you know? How do you know if you if you don't know what's out there? How can you know um, that it doesn't follow the same kind of uh, laws? I didn't and, say. And I didn't how do say you know that, that, that we can't I extrapolate that. I, I because we right now we don't know anything about outside of our universe. We might someday know, but you know, at this stage, we don't we have our we barely scratch the surface on our known universe and so right. what i'm saying is that since we don't know anything we can't we can't make the the crucial step from speculation to re, you know there's a difference we're not speculating when we say socrates is is mortal right okay that logically follows from things that we either agree on or that we can demonstrate Right. And so if we agree that men are mortal and we agree that Socrates is a man, it logically follows with reasonable certainty that Socrates is mortal. Okay. And so that's kind of where I I don't think, at least from from my perspective, I mean, I would be satisfied with the agreement that you're speculating that there's a God. Um, I but I don't think that I don't I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, are you are you saying that you're speculating or are you saying that you feel justified in that conclusion? No, I'm saying I feel justified in that conclusion under those certain assumptions. But then I'm also saying, though, that we use those assumptions when we, when we, we begin any kind of, uh, of, of inquiry. And so okay. all I'm asking for is a level playing field. If, so if you're at the beginning, you're at the speculating stage then. Well, how did right, you get we, how did you get to the reasonable conclusion then from this? So you, you you use the assumptions to begin your speculation. Right. So we're assuming so that, we're assuming so, that the so how does that nature, how do you so to get from the speculating to reasonable conclusion, right. you need that you, you can't rely on those assumptions anymore. You have to demonstrate that the assumptions are true to a reasonable level of of of, of certainty. And that is something that we can't do. I mean, I agree that we're speculating. 
I mean, we can speculate all day. We can speculate that I farted the universe out yesterday. <laughs> okay. Now, whether whether or not we think that's a, <laughs> you like that one. I did. Uh, no, now whether or not that's a reasonable conclusion depends on how well I can go beyond speculating. Right. Well, if you start out with the assumption that we can't know anything outside of our universe, that we cannot extrapolate, I never said that. extrapolate what we know. Uh, and all I'm doing is making, I think, a reasonable jump from saying, OK, let's mm-hmm. take what we know and what we understand um, in mm-hmm. our universe. Let's apply that to outside of our universe and see what we come up with. People are doing that. So why do you, why do you think why do you think that that's a reasonable jump? Well, because it's used in every other uh, every other to assu- speculate. assumption outside to spec right. to speculate. Well, right. Right. Well, and so but you're saying you're not speculating. No, I'm. So why is your situation different than than everyone well, else? Well, I'm, I'm not saying that my situation is different than anything else. Of course, I've said from the beginning that the case for God is a cumulative one and that you can't just. Take, so are you but are you speculating or not? Define speculation. Just kind of guessing no i am i am inquiring as to the possible cause of the universe Uh based upon what we know if i can't use the laws of logic and the laws of nature as we know them now Mm -hmm. within our universe if which you can't and you say if i can't then i'll i'll remind you that you can't i mean you can't you can you can begin to look but you can't if you're going to make a conclusion and of course, we're also speculating that there is anything outside of our universe. Okay. So, I mean, again, we're, I think we're both in the same boat as far as this goes. And it, we, I think I we end up ultimately with a de- I think we ultimately end up with a dead end mm-hmm. in, in just in this particular. Um, so, so basically, what you're telling me is that you're not granting me the laws of logic and the laws of nature outside of our universe because we don't know. Correct, and because I shouldn't because we, we can't know, and, and I shouldn't grant you that. Why? Why would I grant you that? Uh, why would I grant okay, you that well, over think, something else? I mean, it's you know, if well, if we don't know, again, if if we're going to inquire, if we're going to if we're going to be honest and inquire about some things, mm-hmm. then reasonable assumptions have to be made. Well, I don't, I don't, what I'm I don't think you meant to imply that I'm being dishonest, did you? No, 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 of course not. Okay. What I'm you, saying, you said, though, if we're going to be honest, no. we're going to do this thing that I'm not doing. No, well, well, then let me rephrase Okay. That. And also here, I, I think we might be at a dead end. Okay. And this might be a good time to turn the boat. Okay. Because I don't know where else we're going to go from here. What I'm saying is, if, if we are going to do inquiry upon these kind of things, assumptions have to be made. I agree. And, and we, have to, we have to make assumptions no matter what kind of inquiry we, we're diving into. I have to assume certain things to even talk to you, to even know that I'm here. I have to assume certain things. So those uh, presuppositions or those things that uh, that, that ground our ideas, those are all things that we have in common that we share, that we presuppose in order to do any kind of inquiry. And that's all I'm saying is, is that, that in order to do any kind of inquiry, we have to have certain things that we assume in, in, in order to, I mean, sure. If you want to take away, um, any kind of, um, uh, any kind of pre-assumptions, we can't do anything. We can't do any science. Uh, 
We can't no, make I, any I think, inquiry. I think you're missing my point on that. I'm not saying that we can't make assumptions to begin the process of science and begin the process of discovery. What I'm saying is that there's a difference between beginning the process of discovery and having a justified conclusion. Okay. We have to leave, we have to leave the time of, and I gave you a few minutes, so I'm going to ask for the same for you, from you. Um, We have to, in order for us to leave the, the realm of speculation into the realm of reasonable conclusion, we need more than just assumptions. We need to have a justification for those assumptions. And it's not justification to say, well, if we don't assume them, we can't do that. Okay, that, that's not a, justifica- uh, not a justification for those particular assumptions. We need to have some sort of evidence, some sort of reason to think not only that we're just going to assume them for the sake of, of to, you know, just to get started, we need to have a reason to, to, to step from the realm of speculation into, this, into the realm of reasonable certainty, reasonable conclusion. And that, and and if if you if you want to agree that we can make assumptions and we're we're poised to begin uh, to begin our search, then I'll agree with you on that. But we're not in a position since we're just dealing with speculation at this point. We have not gathered evidence um, for anything outside of our universe, and so. Uh, we're not in a position to move from that realm of speculation to that realm of, of conclusion. But I'll give you the last well, you're saying, here. Yeah, well, you're just saying that I can, you can, spec, you can speculate and you can assume certain things, and then when I go to use those assumptions, you go, ah, you can't. You can't use them. It's like you're, you're taking back your right hand, what you're giving with your left. And, and, and so either we can assume certain things and we can make inquiries, and then I could use those assumptions – and 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 make uh uh and make uh certain claims that are justifiable, or or you can't. I think you have to have those assumptions in order to even justify claims. In order for me to justify uh certain things like uh, that, if I throw the ball, that it's going to fall, I have to assume certain things. And so I I think that that all I'm trying to say is is that is that if we're going to assume certain things. It's across the board. We have to have those in order to make justified claims. It's not like you could you, you could start and then after you use them, you can move on and, and you don't need them anymore. Now you can justify things without those. Those are the bedrock. They're the foundation. They'll always be there. You cannot take them away. So I think that that was, I think that was my point of the whole, of the whole rabbit trail there was that, that once we lay that groundwork down, you can't then take it back and say, okay, you can't assume those anymore when you're trying to justify your claims. You most certainly should do. You definitely should do that. You should, you shouldn't, okay, so you, you, you should once, not be leaning on assumptions. You should be leaning on what have become justified. An, an assumption is well, just something you say, okay, for sake of example, for a sake of argument, let's assume this. Okay, and so right. in, in order to in order to move yeah. from speculation to not speculation, you can't just be assuming those things anymore. 
Right. So what I would say then is, is if, if so, the things that I would use to justify that would be totally different. So if I, we're going to assume the laws of logic and the laws, if those are those speculations, those assumptions we're making, then I would use different philosophical arguments and different scientific arguments to show that the past can't be eternal and that, um, and that uh, causation only goes one way and that matter cannot cause itself to be. And so there, and that there always had to be a time when something existed because if nothing existed before, then nothing would exist. Now, those are the kind of arguments I would make based upon those general, you know, assumptions that, that, that are, are presupposed by everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, let's all, let's let's I'm wrap saying. it up here. So so uh, so we're gonna. I know this will shock you. Let's see if we can do a two minute summary for each of us, and <laughs> I will give you the option. Would you like me to go first, or would you like to go first? You're giving me the option. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I, why don't you go first? Okay. So so two minutes then. Uh, you can you can time me if you want. Um, so, so what I'm saying is that, you know, to me, it, it seems like we're, you know, we started out with our, we agreed that it was a valid argument. And so, um, and so the, the entire process rested on whether or not we could justify these, these premises. And so, um, you know, we, I showed that, uh, the premises are at best shaky. Okay. Are at best shaky. You know, we're, we're not certain about, about the premises. We can't show that they're, that they're universal, that they're rock solid. But we could move on, though, to then even if we, you know, even if we can show that our that our little U universe, our local universe, is in, you know, did in fact have a beginning. We, we still have that outside of our universe. There could be something out there um, that that caused it. We we you talked about the second law of thermodynamics, and we you know the ther- second law of thermodynamics has to do with a closed system. Okay, so but if we're adding energy to that system, then that that throws things out of whack. Um, and, so, and we talked about, okay, so now we need to make the jump to the bigger argument, to the bigger universe, or to the big U universe, to all reality. And, and, and you talk about, well, we need to make assumptions in order to make speculations. And I agreed. We do need to make assumptions in order to make speculations. But we need more than assumptions if we want to make the, the move from speculation to reasonable conclusion. And you haven't given anything as far as how we can make that transition from uh, from assumptions to reasonable conclusions, you say, "Well, we need to do the assumptions." Well, yeah, we need to do the assumptions to get to get going to 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 begin our exploration. But we need more than that if we want to make conclusions. If we're if we're if we're making conclusions based off of the same stuff we make a speculation off of, then our conclusions will have no more weight than speculations would. And I think that's about my two minutes. You could have gone longer if you wanted to, buddy. I would have let well, you finish up. That's, that's okay. That's, that's okay. your finish. I want to get to, you know, cause we got it. We got to wrap it up here. So, and cause I have All one right. more question for you after we're done wrapping sure. up this. So uh, go ahead. And, and I'm not going to force you to stick to two minutes, but I will time you and, and tease you mercilessly if you go <laughs> over two minutes. All right. So the, <laughs> Uh, I think that the idea that whatever begins to exist has a cause is shaky. I, I don't think that that's shaky. I think that's intuitive. Everybody sees that things just don't begin to exist without a cause. They just pop out of nowhere, out of nothing. Uh, I think that the universe, I think we could show that the universe did begin to exist. And either the small universe or the big universe, I don't think it matters. I think that for the even the sake of argument, let's just call all of reality that that 
that either all of reality has existed eternally in the past or it had some kind of beginning. And I think that philosophically we could show that that all of reality cannot traverse or cannot go through moment after moment after moment and come here if it's infinite in the past. And so I think that we can show that whatever begins to exist does have a cause. I can't name anything that doesn't. I think the quantum realm is something that we can show that it's just we're unable to locate certain things doesn't mean they don't have a cause. And I think the un- our universe did begin to exist. I think, yes, thermodynamics is uh, under a closed system. However, uh, we just kick the can back then and say, well, well, but what about this closed system? Or, and, and if that's open, then what about that? I think ultimately it's just a giant game of kicking the can back to ultimately finding out what is that first thing? What is that one thing that caused everything else to exist? Because I think there has to be something because if out of nothing, nothing comes. And so if there was ever a time when nothing existed, nothing would still exist today. And if the universe had a beginning, uh, what in, in, in the universe is made of space, time and matter, then space, time and matter can't cause itself. That means that whatever caused reality to exist has to be spaceless, timeless, immaterial, extremely powerful, willful or volitional. And to me, that sounds an awful lot like God. All right. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Was that I two minutes? Come I on, baby. I wasn't timing you. I wasn't oh, timing you. I, I, I think it was, though. I think it was. Okay. So I have yeah. one last question for you here. And yeah, this, shoot. I, I might, might, maybe should have asked you this first. Okay. Um, so so you're, you're using this, supposedly, uh, if we're using this for evidence of a God, is it fair for us to assume that God is a possible cause here? Because we know that if, well, I don't know. If God doesn't exist, God can't be the cause, right? Would you agree correct. with that? Yeah. Correct. Okay. So if God doesn't exist, then God can't be the cause. So if we're trying to make an argument that God exists, but in order for us to make that argument, we have to assume God exists. Because we have to assume God exists. In order for you to, to propose, here's a possible solution to this, you know, to this conundrum, God, well... Okay, but but we can only do that if we're already assuming God exists. So how do you, how do you break how do you get out of that circular argument? Well, I don't think it's circular because Okay, we're going to interrupt this discussion right here. Uh, this idea that this argument is circular, that's going to actually come up in several of the later discussions. And so we decided to separate it and we'll record that as a separate episode. So watch for that in future episodes. All right. That was the beginning of the universe in a nutshell. Uh, And so what we're going to do now is uh, each of these episodes that we produce are going to have a main discussion like we just like we just had. Uh, And then we're also going to have some extra bits too, just to kind of mix it up a little bit and, and uh, you know, change the pace, and and these are going to be extra topics. They might be discussion based. They might be just one of us talking about a, a subject. They might be, um, we might be throwing some surprises at each other, or we'll you know just do something a little bit different. And these other little bits will be a little bit shorter. And so uh, this first one is an example of uh, I'm going to talk about um, something called cognitive dissonance, and I'll, and I'll and I'll talk about that once we get into it, but. Uh, so this next bit is going to be, it's called Oh, the Humanity. And it's a it, the Oh, the Humanity category or whatever you want to call it. Um, the, the Oh, the Humanity bits are going to be things that we all have in common. 
uh, us as human beings, things that we all have to deal with. And so part, I think part of what we wanted to do, and Jamie, you can, uh, you know, chime in here if you agree or disagree, but I think part of what we wanted to do is not only focus on what, where we differ, where we disagree, but also there's lots of things that we agree on and there's lots of things, you know, shared experience and that kind of thing. So I think part of it is going to be finding some common ground, and, um, you know, that's part of what the, oh, the humanity bits are going to be about is things that we could do. Is that all you're going to add there is just a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So let's, uh, let's get into the, oh, the humanity. Oh, the humanity. So the thing I wanted to talk about today was cognitive dissonance. Now this is a, it's a defense mechanism uh, that occurs in our in our brains, and, and it's, it's a way of dealing with conflict. And that conflict can take the form of maybe you have conflicting beliefs, maybe you really love chocolate, but you really hate the fact that uh, the ch- cocoa beans were harvested with uh, grossly underpaid child workers or something like that. and so so just as an example okay and so you know you it's hard to it's hard to balance those and so and so so we have this defense mechanism called uh cognitive dissonance and and it manifests in the form of some sort of discomfort or painful or some kind of desperate feeling or, or or feeling that you just need to get away from it you just need to to get away from away from that and and you know we've seen this a thousand times on the internet you've seen we've seen people do it where they're they come face to face with something that they that they didn't realize and they just kind of melt down maybe they throw a tantrum maybe they start name calling maybe they start swinging punches maybe they run away you know lots of different things and it's really it's it's easy to recognize when it's happening to somebody else but it's so difficult to recognize when it's happening to yourself, and I think that's part of um, that's part of it. Uh, as an example, have you heard, uh, so? Do you, do you remember? Do you do you remember Harold Camping? This he was around a few years ago. Is that does that name ring a bell at all? Uh, no, you know what? I I it's, I know the name, but I, I can't pin. Well, he him. was where's uh, he from? I, I, I'm not sure exactly where. For some reason, I'm thinking Illinois, but I I th- I'm thinking that might be wrong. But if it, it this was in 2011. And he's a, he's a religious leader and he has, you know, his little following and he was making predictions that the world was going to end on May 21st, 2011. And the big thing about this guy is that they had all the billboards. I don't know if you remember those. Do you remember, did they have any of those in Ohio? Oh, no, really? So this, so obviously the world didn't end. So, so, so he had this little group of people with him and they were all, you know, they were, you know, strident believers in, in what he was saying and they all believed the world was going to end and basically these people sold everything they had they 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 cashed in their you know their retirement funds they sold their homes they sold their cars uh you know the kids college fund or whatever they had and they spent it on advertising and billboards for this end of the world event and so then May 21st came along and obviously the world didn't end and so so basically, all his followers were left sitting there holding this empty bag, you know, jaws dropped. And, you know, they they had committed everything to this belief that the world was going to end, and then it didn't. And right. so, and so, if we look at them, you know, how did they react? And the way they reacted was they doubled down. 
they doubled down. A lot of them got even more involved in the in the organization. Some of them thought, you know, screw this, I'm out of here. You know, this is this is BS. Right. You, know, you know what? You know, Scott, if they had cracked their Bible, <laughs> I think it's in, in Matthew chapter, I think, 24, it says, however, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even the angels or the son, and there's only the father. Like, come on. You know, these people aren't, aren't even, I mean, it's so difficult to hear things like that in coming from your own camp, you know, because you're like, man, that is such a poor representation of who we are, but that's, that's a whole nother. That's all another. We'll, we'll, yes. you know, we'll go. We'll, we'll go down that road when we get <laughs> to on. it. Um, but yeah, so right. basically, so most of them, you know, they they wouldn't talk to the news. They wouldn't talk to any. You know, people would say, "What do you think? You just spent all your money on billboards, and now the world didn't end." And then they're nothing. You know, their their kids are there with no. You know, with only the clothes on their back, and so uh, so they were left staring face yeah. to face with these life or death situations, decisions that they made. And so that was a perfect example of cognitive dissonance. Okay, they they would they would go away, and and so and there, you know there's different ways that different people deal with it. You know one one way, uh, like the way Harold Camping did, is he said, "Oh, wait a minute, no, I meant that it was going to be a spiritual end of the world. You know, the real end of the world is coming up." And then he gave another date, <laughs> October twenty first, two thousand eleven. Then that came oh. and went, and they, they did it a couple times. And and so but so one way that you can deal with it is you scramble and you desperately try to piece together your your collapsing uh viewpoint so and and so some other ways mm -hmm. might be uh fight or flight right you can you can uh, start swinging or you can start running and uh, i always like that joke the fight or flight is part of the four basic drives of animal behavior the four f's they call them the four f's is fight yeah. flight feed or mate those are the four F's, those are the four direct that was supposed to be a joke there but uh, uh no I, I okay so anyway <laughs> the the level of comedy is the bar has you're, been set high here in episode one so so good you're referring to the mate yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm now experiencing uh, cognitive uh, dissonance dealing with that joke that I just uh kind of uh, told I, I do have an excuse though I'm a dad so you know dad jokes right what? Wait, what dad jokes. Oh, yeah. Dad jokes. I got it. Yeah, right. So I'm guilty. Also, so, so you can look for new I, I information. You can fight or flight. Uh, the hardest way, of course, to deal with is to do actual change. Right. Right. And, but but just to show, just to show that I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is. It's not just all about these religious uh, cults and so on. I myself have a story that I can share with my own experience with cognitive dissonance. Do you want to hear it? I would love to. Okay, um, I'm sure it's not a huge surprise to you, being a, a you know a liberal, left leaning, uh, you know, crazy person in Minnesota, that I was a big fan of Al Franken. I still am a big fan of Al Franken. Yeah, and um, and uh, I I was actually he was my number one pick for pre for the next president. You know, I was really hoping that he'd run for president. I thought he was a. I still think that he was an excellent senator. I loved listening to his arguments. I thought he he, he could. But anyway, big fan. Uh, and then, of course, came the, the accusations of sexual misconduct. And so right. as soon as I heard about that, I, I had this amazing idea. I, I, it just this popped into my mind. I was like, I'm about to experience cognitive dissonance. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to step back and I'm going to watch it happen to myself. And wow. so, I did, I, so I did a little experiment. 
And so I, I, I tried to avoid at first, I gave myself a couple of days to just, you know, get to a, like a, you know, calm state. So I, I didn't read any stories or anything like that. And then I thought, okay, let's open the internet and let's see what it has to say. And so, <laughs> and so I was going to, I was going to kind of observe myself and, and see what happened. And it happened and I could feel it. I could physically feel the discomfort. I could feel my chest being crushed. I could feel, I could, I noticed that, uh, I had this desperate urge to get away. I just wanted to scroll. I wanted to keep scrolling. No, I don't want to see that headline. I want to keep moving, but I forced myself to look at it. And, uh, it was really an incredible feeling. I, I highly recommend it. You know, next time, if if what, something cognitive co- dissonance, yeah, I mean, uh, not that I enjoyed the cognitive dissonance, but it, but it was real. You know, I'm just a curious guy. Okay, I'm just I'm I'm a weirdo. I gotta know. I used to break apart my toys when I was a kid to see if I could figure out how they work. I want it. You know, that's part of the reason I went into teaching because there was no more fascinating toy to examine than the human mind and and yeah. You know, the, and the human personality. And so, um, so that's, so I saw that as I was, I was excited to see what would happen. And, and I was not, I was not disappointed. I personally felt the cognitive dissonance and, and I would strongly recommend it if you get the opportunity. It was just, it was just really interesting to see, um, to see that happen to me. And, 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 um, did I, I don't even know if I've dealt with it yet. I don't know. I mean, it's difficult it's difficult. I, I'm not sure if, 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 you know, him retiring was the, was the best thing for him to do, but you know, I, I made a decision before I read anything that I'm, you know, I'm just going to not worry about what happens and I'm just going to focus on watching this thing happen to me. And, and so, yeah, so that was basically it. I don't know. Have you ever, um, that's, that's a really good, that's a really good personal story. And part of what I, and, uh, like uh, I don't want this to turn to a bro fest here, but um, you know I think that that shows a lot towards your character that you were willing to take a step back and and not just um, criticize or 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 inspect um, negatively like other people, but you're willing to do that for yourself for your own self improvement. And, um, and so I think that says a lot to your character. I think it takes a lot of, of, um, you know, um, just a lot of strong will to be able to, 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 to see that coming, see that train coming and stand your ground and, uh, and, and, and to see it actually happening. But I think too, that probably makes you much more aware, uh, because you've experienced that much more aware of it happening in the future, wouldn't you say? Uh, well, I don't know. I'd hope so. I mean, that's kind of, that was kind of the goal is I wanted to learn about myself, but, but I think, uh, I, I mean, I appreciate those things that you said, but I would say that, you know, maybe it, it either shows my character or it shows that I'm a sick, twisted individual. <laughs> <laughs> or both. There's or that, you or, or a little from column A <laughs> and a little from column B. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's you it. Know, I think that's good. I think that's really good. We we both have to be <laughs> in, in, in a position where we could uh, – we could look at our views honestly, definitely. And, uh, and and when something, I mean, listen, I experienced that all the time in in Christendom. People could drag the bones of Jesus uh, out 
and uh, and 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 they're tested, and, and I don't know how you'd even do that, but let's just say they were, you you would still have people saying no, 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 Jesus, you know. It, you know, and, and so, that so join us next time for Scott drags <laughs> out the bones of Jesus <laughs> and, oh. and Jamie has his uh, cognitive, cognitive dissonance, dissonance. Uh, experience right then and there <laughs> on the air live, ladies and gentlemen, live. We're going to do video too of that. Right. Oh, that would be interesting. <laughs> that would be sad. That that oh. would be sad. That, I couldn't do that. I, I Man, that's I don't even think about it. that's horrible. Move on. Why did you bring that up? Wait, <laughs> I right. brought that up. Why did I bring that up? And that about wraps it up for episode number one. Please send us your ideas, questions, and comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to know more about the topics covered in this episode, Scott recommends The Grand Design by Stephen Hawking. It's a I think it's a really interesting book. It's a geared towards a general audience so it's not super thick on the uh science and there is a in uh, a glossary at the back and so that you can look things up if you need to but it's uh it talks about the you know the beginning of the universe and current theories and etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's by uh it's the grand design by stephen hawking and leonard mladenov or however you pronounce that name. <laughs> anyway, Jamie, what do you got? What do you got for us here? You recommend a book yeah, for us? Yeah, I have uh, God's Crime Scene by a guy named Jay Warner Wallace. He's a homicide or was a homicide cold case detective, former atheist. Um, and um, uh, this book is um, middle of the road. I would definitely recommend it to um, anyone interested in cosmology. He basically goes through about eight different pieces of what he calls critical evidence uh, in what he calls um, the, the crime scene, which is uh, the universe. And, and he makes a case that, that, um, that you could look at the universe as a crime scene and actually pick out about eight to 10 different uh, uh, bits of, of evidence that point to God as, as being creator or uh, designer of the universe. So it's a, it's a pretty good book and it's, it's a pretty easy, uh, easy read. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. We hope you'll be back with us next time when Jamie and I will be talking about morality. Until then, this is your dialectic duo reminding you to talk to each other. See ya. This has been the God or not podcast. Send your questions or comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to support the show or grab some God or Not gear, please visit the website at www.godornotpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. 